Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Reliers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining us today, folks, we've got a Reliers Impact Award-winning CEO. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Panu Pasanan, uh, the CEO of OneClick LCA. Panu, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here. Thanks. Fantastic. And just just for our audience, learning about OneClick for the first time, if you would, just maybe provide us some, some background uh, and maybe a little bit about your credentials. Yeah, so uh, we are working on solving the built environment and manufacturing industries carbon problem. These are accounting for 57% of the global carbon emissions. And we provide software allowing businesses, large and small, uh, to basically deal with this problem. It's called lifecycle assessment why we are called One Click LCA, incidentally. And uh, yeah, uh, I've been personally working on this um, for past 22 years now. So a uh, bit of a lifetime project and uh, still a bit of work to do, big industry. Yeah, I was going to say part of part of your own life cycle, man. I'm sure you've, uh, you've seen it all. You've seen a huge evolution of kind of this space, this arena. And so for, for folks, just, you know, again, the, the context of a life cycle of a product, you know, I, I kind of like to break it down. We, ha- we kind of have this new movement of a, of a circular economy, right? You know, we're not just trying to, to build products to make to waste anymore where, you know, these virgin oil products are going to outlive, outlast all of us times seven generations. Tell me a little bit more about how like this idea 22 years ago, take us back. What was the revelation of, about, you know, why you needed to address this, this problem? Uh, yeah. So um, many of the things we design or commission or build, they are capital goods. They are like irreversible investments. So uh, once you design it a certain way, or once you commission it in a certain way, it's going to be that way. Right. And it's nothing going to change. So you actually just have one shot at making it right. And uh to take that one shot when it's not mandated, uh, it has to be super easy. You have to be to be able to do it in one click, as it were. And uh, that's what I wanted to make possible because the design budgets in the, uh, in the industry, they are not like humongous. So it's not only large companies, it's a lot of fragmented uh, small-scale industry and uh, mid-sized industry, and they don't have resources basically to invest uh, similar amounts as you know for a Google headquarter. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And so maybe uh, give us some context, uh, an ideal company. Is this a consumer products company uh, that uh, isn't really measuring their their life cycle uh, impact? Tell me about an example. Uh, we work with um, high impact, uh, like high carbon impact industry. So we work with building construction, infrastructure construction, heavy manufacturing, and then also uh, advanced manufacturing who do then assembly of light uh, products, which are made by the heavy manufacturers. So those are the four kinds of um, things. And uh, everything typically that's high, made in high temperature, all the products are made in high temperatures and uh, have high carbon intensity inherently if you don't do something about it. 
Got it. And so you have a formula that can track and measure uh, the uh, carbon emissions or energy output or input that it, that it takes to produce, let's say something like concrete, right? Concrete is yeah. um, something that, uh, you know, uh, increases greenhouse gas emissions. And I think it's like the most commonly used um, material that attributes to climate change. But anyway, tell me a little bit more about kind of how this one click solution works. Yeah. So, um, on one hand, we have the people in the industry, they design things with their design tools and design software. So what we provide them is a plugin to various types of design software, which they can use to automate the lifecycle assessment. So they don't have to start from a scratch, but they can just transform basically their design information into a lifecycle assessment and then use that to find sustainable alternatives because point is, of course, not to just state that these are your impacts. The point is to help you do better and uh, we want to make the marginal cost of uh, finding greener alternatives as uh, low as possible so that more people, people can do it and they can push for uh, higher improvements than they would have gone for otherwise. Got it. So it's also a cost savings uh, tool that can help you understand, you know, uh, your your energy costs or whatnot uh, and find a, a green um, or more sustainable solution to reduce your costs over time. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, lifecycle cost is typically what our customers are interested in because you commission a long life asset and you inherit the total cost of ownership. Right. So, so that's that's I mean a huge misconception I guess out there in the public and the ethos is you know green is going to cost more. What's been your experience with that question? Uh, well, uh, when you add features onto something late, uh, they typically cost more, but when you design something in into a product or design something in into a project uh, ahead of time, then it doesn't because you actually can adapt your design according to those you know targets and uh, um, you'll be able to uh, reduce carbon quite significantly at uh, zero uh, cost or even cost reductions uh, if you just make it um, objective in the first uh, first iteration because then you start to look at things from the right point of view and you don't have to start making trade-offs within very specific and narrow uh, boundaries that were set uh, by the design otherwise mm -hmm. so uh, i would rather argue it's free or uh, cost saving if you go at it early enough interesting upon thinking about like your growth as an organization like where what has been the most difficult challenge uh, in terms of your sales? So has it been in educating your customers? Has it been improving the product? What have you found uh, has worked in terms of getting this this customer adoption? Uh, so we decided to invest um, very early in hiring uh, the best possible LCA engineers on our side uh, to be able to educate customers because we don't need our customers to be LCA experts. We can deal with that. I mean, we just try to make it really simple, but we need to be able to explain them the things correctly because we want to avoid them having completely different conceptions about this so they don't, for example, start doing greenwashing or anything like that. So um, we just had to pay down basically the um, hiring of um, engineers to do our sales and uh, educating the market so uh, we have quite heavy investments in there so this year we are targeting to train twenty thousand people on life cycle assessment and free of charge on our academy so we have this ongoing uh, online training program which we use to educate anybody who wants to learn 
how to do better. And, and does this uh, attract a type of uh, employee to your organization? I mean, what's been your experience with maybe an unexpected or unanticipated benefit of uh, you know this this kind of work? Um, we have very strong values alignment inside the organization, and uh, it's surprisingly sticky because we are um, geographically very distributed. We have people in about 30 countries. So um, um, in spite of them being very fragmented geographically, we are we have a very common way of working, and uh, uh, this brings the people together uh, around the mission. So um, it's really been uh, maybe some kind of glue that keeps the organization together across the geographical and time zone boundaries. Seems pretty cohesive. And as you continue to grow, I mean, um, how are you communicating this, you know, to the employees? Like uh, when you think about your leadership style and how it uh, brings together this culture, like what have been a couple of things that um, you found to be effective in terms of driving this culture, this stickiness? We promote values aligned, be <clears throat> aligned behavior in all our core systems like performance pay, promotions, uh, development discussions. And uh, then we bring the people together a couple of times, uh, like uh, virtually several more, more times a year. And uh, then we just had actually our entire staff in Greece for uh, one full week to go through everything we are trying to achieve as an organization and just to connect. So um, those are the main ways. Um, but of course, it takes conscious effort. I mean, it's not like <clears throat> um, happening incidentally. You have to pay attention to it and you have to be quite clear about what you're trying to achieve. Sure. Uh, it, in this kind of world that we live in, this VUCA world, it's volatile, it's uncertain. You know, obviously AI is kind of having its own say in kind of what jobs will be replaced and kind of where this this whole thing is going. Where do you see an opportunity right now for you to kind of grow and expand in your technology in your area? What what is currently what is like maybe the current uh, innovation or or um, area that you're trying to invest into? Um, we are uh, currently investing the most in um, enterprise um, level customers. Uh, so um, AI obviously goes into it, but there's many other things. So um, we have many customers we work with in dozens of countries across the world. and uh, But typically, sustainability has been tackled at an office-by-office office level or country-by-country country level, and now we are bringing them together. And that requires homogeneous management systems for how do you manage all your products in a global company uh, using a unified framework, even if you may have different regulations in each of the... Well, certainly you have different regulations in each of the different locations. So we're working on that kind of solutions now, and uh, that's the... Um, spearhead initiative of our company let's say for the next two years and, and, and when under you, it, many things uh, fall under it interesting yeah i, I that's a, a another next step in that in that growth in that level panu um thinking about like your your leadership or or management style in order to get to that enterprise level you know you need to really build consistency goals uh potentially incentives quotas things like that um, and, and that's really maybe more of a job of a, of a manager. What's been maybe your experience with um, highly effective managers? What's, what's uh, been, been working for you all? Well, we have um, 
couple of our values are around actually being clear, uh, getting the results and that kind of things. So um, we have embedded those also in our value systems because part of a geographically distributed organization is that you can't police people by watching over their shoulder because you have no idea where they're sitting. So we have had to build this into the culture. So we need to actually just know we can depend on each other. And um, uh, part of it is, of course, just classical management. But the, the other part is, um, yeah, indeed, uh, how do you manage and how what kind of man managers you promote and how do you train them? So a uh, um, lot of effort goes into that too. Uh, no magic formulas, but just conscious effort on making choices on um, what kind of people you want to have as the managers and promote them correspondingly. Sure. Uh, Pana, it seems like, I mean, you're doing a lot. Now, every CEO we've had on the show, um, there's really no like one ordinary day. But if you had like a pie chart, just thinking about like this year, where do you think you spend like most of your time? Talking to people for various purposes. I mean, trying to either understand what's going on trying to reach understanding of what should be decided in certain matter or then uh, just broadcasting information or some kind of guidelines how we should go about certain things like amplifying information flows in a way do you think that's the role of a ceo amplifying information to an extent yeah because i'm not supposed to do the other people's jobs so uh, and uh, of course decision making is my job but uh, to make decisions making sure that you have to write the information at hand is pretty critical so yeah it's a big part of my job what do you think you're trying to improve right now is there an area you're like man i you know I, when i go home at night i wish you know i wish i was a little bit better at this is there an area of improvement you're working on uh, well, the organization has grown a lot, so we are like almost a double the headcount we were a year ago. So um, working indirectly through these management layers that we have in place and making sure that we can work in the same manner with all the new colleagues who have been less impregnated with the company ways of working. Um, uh, that seems to be never-ending story. So, uh, I mean. We can't all be just playing on a field of veterans when we double the company headcount in a year. So a lot of room to improve there, I think, to accelerate onboarding of new colleagues um, and make sure that we get to the uh, level of performance we want and level of consistency we want. Maybe that's an area. Well, well thanks for sharing that. Um, 22 years, it's a long time. I mean, that's a lot of patience. It's kind of taken a long way. What, what do you think's kept you here over 22 years? I mean, it's really easy to kind of fold in, you know, throw in the towel, pass it on to someone else. What do you think's kept you here 22 years? Well, it's the high point of contribution. I mean, uh, it's very hard to be able to have a material impact in a positive way for um, benefiting many people in a large industry. Uh, to do that, you need to have a lot of things. One of them is that you need to have leverage, you need to have skill. I'm in a point where I have all of those things. So actually, 
I cannot do anything more useful in, with my life. You know, I mean, no way. This is my high point of contribution by any by any measure. It, it, and do you believe in in having a work life balance, or are you kind of someone who once they kind of get focused on it, you know, that's 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 really what you're focused on day in day out. Can't take your mind off it. Uh, both. So uh, yeah, I mean, I I I can't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't switch off like when I get back home, but uh, I do take time and yeah, I have very um, clear time boundaries for when I'm with family, but I can't can't just completely switch off as most entrepreneurs can. I was gonna say one thing I would have, I would love to ask you know someone with your experience over that many years just like do you have a routine have you been able to find a routine that works for you do you constantly change it up like what's your maybe day to day routine that's like an ideal day to you Yeah I mean I have very strict routines because um like when do I when is my day to cook for the kids and when do I go to the gym like you have to have this like you cannot have any balance in life if you don't but maybe that answers that question so time boundary time bounding your your day necessity if you want to have any kind of balance in this in in my case at least i don't know how it works for others sure now you measure impact obviously with you know carbon reduced carbon emissions uh greenhouse gas emissions you know some type of metric like that do you have a metric for the impact you're actually having on your employees lives well, we measure um, employee net promoter score, uh, which, you know, is good uh, by the standards of the industries we are benchmarking ourselves in, definitely. Um, other than that, I think we haven't figured out the way to measure what it would be. You think you need to measure it or do you just kind of know it deep down? I mean, I would think it's pretty pretentious to say I know deep down how all the people in the company feel, but um, much of what we think, I think we get right. Um, and the rest, I don't just think we could get a reliable proxy for what we achieve because sometimes challenge is a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing, and things can work in, uh, in different ways. It's not always predictable. Well, Panu, I appreciate you uh, coming on the program today. Really helpful to kind of learn about the, the good work that you're doing and and how, uh, you know, can, as it continues to grow, it's having a greater impact. I really enjoyed also learning about kind of your leadership style and and kind of your day-to-day -day from an ex experienced and veteran entrepreneur. Let's bring this home. In all of this, what is your definition of a real leader? Yeah, I mean, I would say when you see a problem, that you can solve and uh, nobody picks it up. Just go and get it done and don't give it, give up until you figure out it's not worth solving or it's, yeah, or it's solved. I love that. Uh, for Panu Panasan, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, solve the problem no one else wants to solve and always keep it real. Thank you, Panu. Thanks.
Hey, Relators, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to Relators.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.